Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hi, everyone. This is Adam from Team Overdrive, and welcome to episode 29 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast. I am joined by Jill. Jill, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I am doing fantastic. As you guys mentioned in the podcast, our Cleveland Cavaliers won a championship, <laughs> so did. we are in a very good mood here in Cleveland. Uh, how about you tell our listeners what today's podcast episode is all about? Sure. So um, today is the first day of the American Library Association's annual conference. It's in Orlando, which is where the Harry Potter world is. Yes, it is. So we decided it'd be fun to do another Harry Potter-themed episode, but this time bring in some more Harry Potter fans from the Overdrive staff. Really, anytime we can do a Harry Potter episode, we're going to find a way to kind of shoehorn We should probably it. just do like a Harry Potter podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like professional book nerds slash... Harry Potter podcast, yeah, just justify doing one every single week. Uh, who joined you today on the episode? Sheila, who's been on the podcast before, as well as Christina and Andrea. This was their second time. And you guys have a lot of fun talking about your favorite Harry Potter characters and what houses you belong in. There's some points of contention in there, which are pretty funny. Um, you also talk a little bit about the play, which is coming up. Is that correct? Correct. The play is in previews right now in London. But um, it is officially in like July, and the script is coming out in July. So our library partners will be able to purchase the script, correct? It is actually available for pre-order, so they can already purchase it and have it on their OverDrive-facing site so that their patrons can start putting holds on it already. Yeah, and uh, we do want to point out a number of our libraries use what we call the Recommend to Library feature. So if you are not seeing, whether it's the Harry Potter content or really any books that you would like your library to add, if you go into the advanced search, you'll see a additional titles. Is that what it says? Yeah, I think it's additional titles to recommend. You can look for a title of a book. This is if the library has the um, recommend to library feature uh, available, mm-hmm. but patrons um, and their library users can go and recommend titles that they think the library should buy. And one of the nice benefits is if your library does use the recommend the library feature, which again, a number of them do, uh, if your library purchases a title that you recommend, you are actually the first one on hold for it, so you get it borrowed for you right away, which is a really nice perk. Yeah, you so, can sign up to get an email notification when it's purchased. It's pretty cool. Yeah, so perhaps we chose a strange episode to talk about that because Harry Potter, <laughs> obviously most of the libraries have that content, but still, again, you can always check those out on your uh, library's OverDrive website. So there's a lot of really great stuff in here, uh, so I want to let you get to the actual conversation. Jill, anything else that you think our listeners should know? Just as always, feel free to reach out to us if any you have any comments um, about the episode or any episodes, and we love hearing from you guys. Yeah, so enjoy this very Harry Potter-centric episode of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. Welcome to the 29th episode of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast, presented by Overdrive. I'm your host, Jill. Um, The day this episode is getting released is actually the first day of the American Library Association's annual conference, which is down in Orlando, which is home of the Harry Potter theme park. So we thought it would be fun to do another Harry Potter themed episode. So um, 
Like we did last time, I think it would be kind of fun if we all kind of go around the room and introduce ourselves and which Harry Potter Hogwarts house you feel you are a member of. So I am Jill and I'm a Slytherin. I am Sheila, I'm a Gryffindor. I'm Andrea and I'm a Hufflepuff. I'm Christina and I am a Gryffindor, though I've taken the quiz a couple of times and I've ended up in Ravenclaw three times now, so I think I have to start accepting Ravenclaw. <laughs> it's always sort of like an identity thing. I've never had that problem. Like every quiz I take at Slytherin, but um, I know that when they had the new Pottermore, people were like getting sorted into Slytherin and they were having some, there was some adjustment. I'm like, it's okay. I'm having a tough time with it, obviously, but I'm okay. Raven, I'm okay. Like I'm, I'm fine now. You're okay? Yeah. Yeah, I'm a Griffin Claw. I believe. There, there, I mean, and that's a thing too. That is a thing. The hybrid. It's cheating. No, it's not. <laughs> no, on Twitter, JK has sanctioned that the hybrids do exist. Did she? Mm-hmm. Because I know Emma Watson said no. <laughs> well, I trust JK. Right? Yeah, I, no I trust offense, JK. Emma, I love you so much, but JK says, JK says. <laughs> yeah, she has said that the hybrids are a thing. They're, I think they're rare, but they're a thing. Cool. I'm gonna. Thank you. This is helping me get torn to terms. <laughs> and a Hufflepuff, welcome. Thank you. Hufflepuff pride. I have no shame. That's good. That's good. There's no reason to be ashamed of being a Hufflepuff. No. It's a good house. I'm right by the kitchen. <laughs> right? Who <laughs> could argue that? So, um, Harry Potter. Everyone loves Harry Potter, huh? Yes. Yeah. Yes, obviously. I mean, I think for me... I started reading it when I was so young that it's just been a part of my life, like, whether I wanted it to be or not. Like, it's just become ingrained in who I am. So, it's been huge for me. I fought it for a while. I did. No, I, I did, too. I didn't. My grandfather bought me the fourth book, and I never read any of the other books, and I wasn't even a reader then. I'm like, why did you, you buy this for me? So, I'm like, all right, I got the fourth book. I guess I'll try the first book, and then and from there... So did you, you didn't read the fourth book? No. 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 Okay. Yeah. I, even then I was one of those people who like, I'm going to read it in order. Right. So I know what's happening. Sure. So I went out, bought the first book, read the first book and went, all right, I would like the second one now. <laughs> and I would like the third, please. Yeah. The and then I was at the midnight releases. Yeah. I think I was in third or fourth grade and my, I was like this like weird shy little kid in my like school librarian was like, I think I have a book series you would really like. And she... Gave me the first book, and I remember I was at my mom like drugged me to one of those like Longenberger basket parties. Did your moms ever do that? Like my mom, uh, was, yes. Like, she was so like that. a Tupperware kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. She like brought me along, and I was like reading under this woman's bar <laughs> the first Harry uh, Potter book, and it's just been ever since. Yeah, that's good. How'd you get into the book, Sheila? I was reading it to my daughters. All right, we started reading it, and we would go to the movies. And my youngest one, I took her to see the uh, Chamber of Secrets, and by the end of the movie, she was on my lap because of the snake. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I didn't win Mother of the Year that year, obviously, (laughs) for taking my daughter to see this movie. But she was younger at the time, like a six, you know, something like that, and um, that did scare her. But then after that, we were at the midnight releases, riding the trains, doing all the fun stuff. Are they still Harry Potter fans? Oh, yeah. Yeah? (laughs) Oh, Yeah. Just, very I mean, much so. I think for me, it's like they were like the Harry Potter releases came like in such interesting times in my life. I was remember I read I read the fifth one I think when I was in driver's ed, like on my lap sure. in the driver's ed classes, which are dry to begin with. I didn't pay any attention at all, and I 
I, I like failed the written driver's test exam. Because <laughs> I think I always just assumed it was going to be this like really easy thing and I had to retake it. And then I, um, the seventh book came out the first semester of college for me, which is such a weird time because you're like learning to be by yourself. Sure. And I just remember it was like, I don't know, it's just been nice little bookends of my life for Harry Potter. So it's just been growing up with it. Yeah, that's. I think that's one of the interesting things about the series is the way that some of the readers, I mean, I'm older, so not me, but some of the readers have been able to grow up with the characters as the books. As I just give away how old I am. That's okay. <laughs> I was, like, in high school when the books came out, college maybe, so, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, I was just, I, I, I think for me, I... I hadn't had a book series yet that I was, like, super obsessed with. Like, I, I've always been a reader. Like, I love Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. I, I read that exhaustively. I loved, you know, um, Where the Red Fern... I didn't love Where the Red Fern Grows, but I, like, read that really exhaustively as well. And then when Harry Potter came out, it was, like, the first time I've ever really experienced, like, having to wait for a book. Because all the books I'd ever read before, I had at my disposal. And I remember the third book wasn't out yet when I had started reading the series. And that was torture. And I remember when I, the so I finished the third one and I had that like first like book hangover of my life and I was like, I don't even know if I want to read the fourth one. Like, should I just wait until they all come out? Obviously, no. no. I didn't. Yeah. I, did the, I waited with everyone else, but staying up really late, not going to sleep to finish the books. My mom getting mad because I had to go to school the next day and yep. not caring. Yeah. I, 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 sat, I sat at a soccer game with a book and every now and again I would say, Go team, but go back down my book. <laughs> I spent an entire family reunion reading. Uh, I think it was the sixth one. It, like, came out, and the next day we, like, had to go to our family reunion. And I'm like, sorry, people. I like you, and I love you, but nope. I'm going to be over in the corner here. <laughs> I read this stuff. My mom was uh, – my mom never really read the books or anything, but she was a big movie fan. And I remember we were going to this really terrible, sorry, mom and dad, if you're listening, we went to this really terrible family vacation and it ended up being this, it was, it, my, my, this is a really long story. My family booked this trip off, offline and there was no pictures. And like now as an adult woman, if you go to a website and there's no pictures of the resort you're staying at, yeah. just like question, like, question it. <laughs> For it was sure. the worst resort I've ever seen. Um, it was supposed to be this, like, really, like, fun water park, but it was, like, in the Tate, it had to have been in, like, the 60s. Like, it was horrible, and I was having the worst time. So my mom, trying to, like, brighten everyone's spirits up, made me read the last hundred pages of the seventh book in Harry Potter so that she could just be like, okay, I know what happens. <laughs> so that's what I did on my terrible family vacation. hysterical. That's not a bad family vacation, though. I mean... Mm, saved, it saved everything. See? That's what matters. So, didn't ride into the rides because I was worried about my safety, so... Harry Potter <laughs> saved that. I'm not going to name the resort just in case, you know, <laughs> no lawsuits, but... Yeah, not a good, not a good time. Yeah, that's so funny. So, speaking of the movies, you guys like the movies? I do. You watched them? Yeah. I mean, with any book-to-movie adaption, they're missing so many things. For sure. Peeves, number one. I know. Yeah, that's one of my biggest things, that Peeves was huge. I, my, one of my biggest things that the movie didn't include that I always was kind of sad about, in the fifth book, Harry talks to nearly headless Nick about dying. And, spoilers, guys. Right, I mean, at this point. At this point, sorry, if you don't know, you don't know. Um, about Sirius Black and what had happened to him, and I thought that that conversation was just so great, and I, uh, you know, 
everyone has their own connections with death. And at the time I had had something happen and I, I loved that conversation because it really, you know, it, it was just really impactful. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of see Harry sort of like grow up and, you know, you kind of have to accept death. It happens in your life. And I think that was such a big thing for him. And they didn't have that in the movie. I, know. I was so bummed because I love that scene in the book. And I think it was just a really nice close to that, to that character and it's sad to see it not in the, in the movie and I think nearly I mean nearly headless Nick was in the movie and we know that Dan Radcliffe could have pulled that pulled off that emotional uh scene but they didn't include it I know I know yeah it's, it's hard I have to make see I even have like little scenes like there was the one where Umbridge had taken over and Harry was back talking her and he got sent to McGonagall and she was like did you back talk Umbridge he's like well yeah she's like well Potter, have a biscuit. Yeah. <laughs> like, even, like, little things like that. Like, you just, like... I thought it would have taken five seconds. I know. Thing. Maggie, as Professor McGonagall, is probably the best, most amazing casting for me. I love... not. I mean, all of them are great, but I, I love her as Professor McGonagall. And I felt like the relationship between Harry and Professor McGonagall was, like, obviously touched on in the movie, but in the books it was much stronger. Right. I feel like she was just such a strong female presence in, in, the, in the books. I mean, they have... Not that Harry Potter's lacking any strong female characters, but I loved her in the book. And I felt like... I think they messed up in the movies versus the books with the diadem in the last... With Raymond Yeah, because yeah. he, he sees it or something, I believe, if I'm remembering the books yes. correctly, when he was up in the room requirement. He was trying to get rid of the book, I think. It was when he was getting rid of the half-blood potions. Correct. And, and he ran across it, but di- it didn't resonate with him. And I think you needed to see that for the seventh movie. So, I mean, some of the, the clues that she drops in the books, when they didn't show up in the movie, and I thought that was a pivotal one because that was a horcrux, mm-hmm. that, you know, well, they, they need to rethink sometimes. My, my husband, Scott loves the movies. He's not read the books. It's a point of contention. <laughs> but he, I had to kind of explain the horcrux to him. You have to, if you go movie, to somebody, yeah, that doesn't read the books, and you're at the, because that happened to me, what's going on here? Oh my god, this, 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 and I'm sitting there explaining this to them while we're watching the movie, but I'm like, oh. I think <laughs> it's really frustrating, because you have to interpret the movie. And I think they spend a lot of time in, in the in the final movie too on the hollows as well mm-hmm. so like the horcruxes and then the deathly hollows like i think like my husband trying to explain it to him like if you didn't read the books those two separate pieces in one film were hard to like do all the details and all the things that needed to happen in order for you to understand it correct which is why the seventh book is you know massive because there's so much in it but i think yeah my I, and they, like, yeah this? they put it into two movies i think they really needed in that last movie to say the line that they said in the books, Horcrux or Hallows. And they never really did that because that was a very big decision. And he goes, I'm just going to go talk to Griphook, but it, they didn't say why. Yeah. So it was like, I, I don't know. I thought that was a very important decision that Harry Potter made. And I think that needed to be verbalized and never was. Yeah, I think the juxtaposition between the Hallows, like the relationship almost between the Hallows and the Horcrux and how they kind of, like a yin and yang thing was not, it didn't come across very well in the films. It almost, you lose the, the kind of, the, the epicness of what the Hallows are in Correct. the movie. Yeah. And that's not, the, it's not the fault of, I think it's, it, you, the seventh book is, the seventh book in the seventh movie is really kind of like, 
the big umbrella of the whole series. And I think by the time the eighth movie, I guess I should say, by the time the eighth movie was coming out, they couldn't make up for some of the choices that they made in the past seven. So I, I actually really, I enjoy the eighth movie. I actually think it might be my favorite in the film franchise. Mm-hmm. The third book is probably my favorite book. Okay. But I think they did a really good, I love, just speaking of the movie, Neville's character arc in the movie is beautifully done. Agreed. And just, good job. Matt good job Lewis. growing up. No, good job growing up. Good, yeah, good I job. Mean, Matt Lewis. <laughs> that's his name, right? Matt Lewis? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, that's that's a. Well, I, I was disheartened too that they left out the um, that Harry was running around in the seventh book in the invisibility cloak. I mean, mm-hmm. that is that's one of the hellos. And he's had it this whole time, right? He's had it this yeah. whole time, and they never used it once in the last movie. And they needed to bring that out because that's how he hid in um, uh, Luna's house. He hid under the... What, he hid Ron under there? I think there was one... They used it in Godric's Hollow, didn't they? Yeah. No. No, I think... Not in the movie. No, because they just apparated and they appeared. They were not underneath the cloak. Did they use it when they got snatched and taken to... No. No? No. They did not use it at all in the movie. Maybe it was more dramatic. They didn't have it. But it's a hollow. Okay, I'm going to argue in other things too. It's a hallow, and it needed no, to I'm... be brought out into the movie at least once, and they didn't even do it. All right, I think Scott's my, speaking my husband again, I don't think he realized that the invisibility cloak was a hallow. Right. That wasn't complete. But again, I'm not making, I'm not defending him. He should have run the I remember when the seventh uh, or the eighth movie closed and the credits were rolling, and I had seen it with him and his buddy Kevin. And like, I'm sobbing, not because the movie's sad. He's like, and he he comes up to me and he's like, "Why are you so upset?" And I'm like, "You just don't know what it's like." Like, the, and now now that I'm next time you ask and we just won a championship, we're gonna be like, "That's how it felt." You know, I was waiting and that it's is. over, and I'm sad, but I'm also really happy. And Cleveland just won a championship. To everyone listening, as if you didn't know. <laughs> has been all over the news. <laughs> right. Like, nobody knows that at all. That's a big secret. <laughs> so, my question for you guys is, who is your favorite character outside? Like, if you had a favorite supplemental character or favorite secondary character, who who for you really stands out outside of the trio and Dumbledore? Luna. Really? I love her. She's quirky and out there, and she is, there's something below that service level, I think, that she's just, she's my spirit. I'll give it to you. I, her, uh, who played her in the film? Do you know her name? It's 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 not. I don't want to say it's abnormal, but it's yeah. There, I think it's with an E. Does that sound right to anybody? Whoever, whatever her name is, she was perfect. She was. Ivana Lynch. Ivana Lynch. There thank you. you. She was perfect, and I love. I mean, I I love the story about how her how she got cast. Like she, well, she didn't get cast because she wrote a letter to J.K. Rowling about how she was struggling with an eating disorder. She landed the role outside of that. I think right. that's very important. Like, she wrote a letter to J.K. thanking her, and then in her own greatness went and won this role, and then it came out later that she was the same person who wrote Anyway, I loved her. I agree with that. I don't know if she's my favorite. I kind of... To- I, I love Neville so much. I think I love how important he becomes through... I mean, he's important throughout the whole entire series, mm-hmm. from first book to seventh book. Professor McGonagall, but it's like, do I love Professor McGonagall, or do I love Maggie Smith as Professor yeah. McGonagall? Yeah. Well, that's hard. I think I have to say... I would say either Neville or Fred George, but mm-hmm. as a unit. Yeah. See, I think my favorite thing about Luna is 
she's so out there and she's all these weird out there things and look at her like she's crazy and I'm like you are magical people and you think she's out there I know like she like, <laughs> but she's just accepted she's like no that's fine and then I love that there is still like social archetypes in the movies like there's still people you can relate to without the magical element needed like there's still people that you can identify with even though they're magical sure yeah fine Luna I think I have to say no for Fred and George. Fred George. Although, whenever they complain about having to do homework, I'm like, you're in a magic school. Do your magic <laughs> homework, okay? <laughs> Some of us have to do regular homework, okay? I'm sorry that you're really upset that you have to go to Potions, Harry. Right. <laughs> I had to do math again. I'm sorry. I know. Like I, like, I was never like, oh, God, I really just can't wait to get to geometry. And when they're complaining, I'm like, you have it way better, so. Uh, what about you? Favorite character? has to be, even though I'm a Gryffindor, it has to be Snape. His character are, was fantastic. And then, let's just, you know, Alan Rickman was born for that part. Yeah. Always. It was, um, Always. It, it's just phenomenal. I mean, just to think that, of Wait. the pain I know. <laughs> he had to live through. Because, I mean, he was truly in love with Lily. And then to watch Harry every day. And then, in his mind, he saw Harry as his dad. You know, as this snobby kind of yeah. entitled, entitled, yeah, absolutely, that's the word. Thank you. And it was just um, when Harry was fighting that the whole way, and then to know in the end that you know when he says, "So you just raised Harry as a pig to slaughter." I mean, I think that just tore at his heart. Worse than losing Lily. Yeah. Because he's like, what What did you do this for? It's like, I don't necessarily like the kid, but I'm not going to approve of Well, you. I think Harry was just so much of what he... He was just... Everything he loved, everything he hated in one person. And I think that had to have been so hard. And uh, again, Alan Rickman, just... Yeah. Such an amazing actor. And I'm, I'm glad that, you know, J.K. sat down with him and went over the arc with him. So he knew... How to portray that the feelings right. of that character, right. and I don't know if, if and it's nothing against Alan Rickman, of course, but not knowing that, I don't know if he would have done the character as much justice right. as he did. Yeah, because then you he would like look back and you'd be like, oh, well, now I know this. I would have portrayed this so scene or something so much differently right. if I had known. Yeah, that I love hate this kid. I do think the movie didn't do the Lily Snape interaction justice. Because in the book, it, it's, I mean, again, like you can only fit so much, but in the book, it's kind of, it's its very long-winded as we go back in time to see how from beginning to the end and mm. biggest, biggest gripe I had, Lily's eyes were brown in the movie. I was like, <laughs> come on, Hollywood or whoever, you couldn't have, like, just CGI'd that? Like, right. the biggest thing in the whole seven book series is that he asked Harry to look into his eyes. Yeah, and then he's got Lily's eyes, and then the little girl's brown. Like I remember being in the theater and being like, "Her eyes are brown. Are you kidding me? Come on, that is the biggest oversight they made. They couldn't. I mean, you got CGI now, Hollywood. Like, come on. Yeah, that that whole thing did feel very rushed in the film. Like it was all of a sudden, so, like we got to explain this, and we have thirty seconds to do it. That's so, yeah. Just... That's kind of what it felt like. I, I don't. I don't think that um, they portrayed Dumbledore as well as what could have been because he was he was just flashing the, did you put your name in the goblet of fire scene <laughs> oh he my asked God. calmly I know did you put your name in the goblet of fire 
Um, you know, he was such a manipulator and such. Um, he really was. He was. He, he was. I, I don't. You don't. I. I don't feel that you get that from the from the movies that he's no, he, as manipulative as he. In was. the movies, he seems very grandfatherly. In the yeah. books, you're like. I know you've got an ulterior motive. The first, the, the first actor to play, I think, no no offense, I don't remember their names either, and I have Wikipedia open, but it's, the, yeah. obviously all the stuff on Harry Potter is massive, and I can't Michael find Gambin was the second one. Richard Harris. Richard, Richard Harris. Harris. Yeah, J.K. said that Richard Harris was meant to play that role, and he was. It was unfortunately that he had, you know, yeah. but he, he is probably, he would have been, he would have asked that line calmly. Calmly, yes. And yeah. I think that... Yeah, and he had that undertone of a manipulator. You, you got that Stroke vibe. Stroke his beard is tied. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. No, it's, it's like you got that vibe from him. I never got that vibe. Secret. I bet he picked that earwax, earwax uh, pretty bad on purpose. Yeah. Well, like, that was always the thing about, like, always at the end, he would be like, you're not old enough yet. And just, like, every time, you're like, just tell him what's happening. Right. He, this, this is his life. He needs life. to know. He needs he to needs know. I, uh, I, I'll be curious to see what happens, because ultimately we just have to accept that they are going to remake the Harry Potter films in our lifetime. I don't accept that. (laughs) And I think it's going to be interesting. For me, this is canon, like, who played the characters, how they played them, even though I have qualms with how some of the actors portrayed them, this is canon for me. This will always be the best. So, like, if they're going to remake them, I feel like, oh, I'm going to have such a hard time. Well, I think I think the next actors that should they do remake them will have an advantage over the actors that played them this time because the movie or the books were not finished when they started making the movies, so they couldn't get the full arc of the they character. So right. now the next group that comes in will know the full arc and will have that knowledge behind them and can put a little bit more. I don't know, depth maybe into the characters that maybe wasn't there before. And it was not the fault of these actors because they just, one did not know like we did. Yeah. I just think, I think what I love most about the Harry Potter experience is that it's still so prevalent and still so, you know, discussed. And obviously there's a reason JK has like given us this great, wonderful thing in Pottermore and continuing to release like little tidbits about the, the series but I think there is just so much that I love interacting myself with fans and other mm-hmm. people who come up with theories. Like Tumblr is such a great place to hang out, and BuzzFeed does a lot of stuff where they bring it back. Like almost, I feel like BuzzFeed does an article about Harry Potter like once a month, and I'm so happy. I would say once a week. Yeah, I, I was gonna say a week, but I was like, I don't know if that's safe. Like I weekly. There's so I many. I mean, it's often. It's, it's got humor. There's been so many articles where it's like funny things that you might have missed, or funny things that people have said on Tumblr, and then there's like really sad stuff, like the thing I told you the other day. Yeah, I just remember there was one, that one post. It was like 24 Tumblr posts about Harry Potter that'll rip out your soul. I'm like, oh, I'm going to read this. Yeah. And I don't know why, but I read it. And, and I like, cried at my desk. Yeah. It's the one where it's like, imagine Molly goes to wizard heaven. I'm going to do it and I'm probably going to cry. So Molly goes to wizard heaven and she sees this little redheaded girl running towards her. At first, she thinks it's Ginny. And upon closer inspection, she realizes who it is. And before she could like do anything, the girl just says thank you. Because Molly loved Harry like a son. Ugh. And I'm just like, oh. Or the dear Molly watching over Fred like you watched over Harry. I'm like, no, I'm done. I can't. I can't. And I, I actually think what I, I would, if I could have a dream prequel, and I know this would never happen because it's already been, we know everything, but I would love to see Lillian James's story told in J.K.'s beautiful style as a book. Like, just see that happen, and I would love to see it. J.K., if you're listening, 
Could you maybe make that happen for me? You got the sequel, now give us the prequel. That's true, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, and on the subject of the sequel, because the book, the, the script comes out in a month on the 31st, which is Harry and J.K.'s birthday. On the topic of actors different than, how do we feel about the Hermione? I think it's awesome. Okay. Personally, Me I too. think, I actually, when I first started reading the series when I was young, I actually thought Hermione was black and thought, like, nothing of it. Yeah. And then when, you know, obviously when uh, Emma Watson was cast, she's she's brilliant herself and I love her and everything she stands for, but I read the series like Hermione was black and didn't. Didn't really think anything. Didn't think anything yeah. of it. I don't think children do. I don't think children do either. So okay. it's it's so frustrating to see all the commentary about it, and it's like, who cares? Yeah, agreed. Yeah, and there's a lot. I mean, from what I've seen, like I, I that's this is not a new concept. The idea of like black Hermione has been around on Tumblr and on art. You know, right? This is not new. It might be new to some people. So what do we think? I mean, I. I she's being J.K. is being very careful about the cursed child and not having spoilers. I don't know. Like, I, don't, I don't even know what to think about it. Like, what it could be about. I'm not even entirely sure what it's about. Yeah, it's... I don't know what it could be about. Well, isn't, think... isn't it focused on Albus Severus? Yeah. Uh, it's, yes, it's about their son Albus. Poor child. That's the, yeah, Albus Severus. Side note, did Ginny get any say in the naming of the children? I really like the idea, but that is a mouthful. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't agree with having them both on one child. Yeah. Like so no wonder so, he feels cursed. He's like, God, I have such a legacy on my shoulders here. And maybe that's what it is. Like, that's a heavy name. Is it the one, like, James Everest and there's Lily? Like, Ginny was like, well, I guess I have no say in the naming of my own children. Do they decide? So. Yeah, we'll go with the fourth, third one. and Because I think it starts, from what I understand, and I again, not much has been given. I, it's his Which first, is impressive. Yeah, it's really. very impressive. Is it his first year at Hogwarts? I think that I don't know. Because then it's almost like, does this beg the question that are we going to get seven more? Because that would be awesome. Because if he's 11, you know, it's, I know it's yeah. two parts. It is the play is two parts, yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I. How is he cursed? Is any, has that been revealed? No. no. Any good reason so. does not say. I don't think yeah. we'll know. I think that's going to be the biggest. Is it he cursed because he feels cursed, or is there actually a curse on him? Correct. Because in Harry Potter, it could be either, you know, realm of belief. Well, like the, um, what was it, the Defense Against the Dark Arts position was cursed. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if that would be like a curse on one of Harry's kids like that. Like, somebody put the voodoo on Right, yeah, yeah, I think that's the question, yeah. I think it would just be interesting to revisit where they are. Because obviously no matter what, as much as this probably will be about Albus. I mean, she'll touch on Ron and Hermione. They're going to be in the story. Because, I mean, I think it's just how could they not be. And I always wondered what it would be like to be just that, like, that impressive and that magical. And then 19 years go by and nothing happens. Like, do you kind of feel like, I don't know, maybe Harry's, like, kind of in a slump and he doesn't know what to do. Like, I, I imagine it's, like, what you feel like after you retire from, like, being an MVP for basketball, like, are you yeah. just like God? I mean, what do I do now? I was impressive for like twenty years, and now I'm kind of. He's like LeBron. Yeah, he's like LeBron. Like, now he's like, I got my ring and my championship. What do I what do? do? I do? <laughs> Saved us all from the Dark Lord, and then. Um... Do you think, like, you know, like, oh, yeah. do you think Hermione's like, can you, or Ginny, Ginny's like, can you open this jar? And he's like, yes, finally, someone needs me. <laughs> like, he's like, every every occasion he can to use to use his strength. I don't know. I mean, I think. 
I don't believe that... I don't believe that they don't have trouble with it. I would love to explore that. Like, okay, we were these people for this period of time, and now... And it happened when they were so young. They were 17 years old, and they saved the world. Right. And I just don't think you ever just, like, get over that. Like, all right, now time for college. Move on. <laughs> do they not go to college, right? Do, I, do they have... No, I think he went to be have an or, didn't he? Isn't he an or? Yeah, yeah. And then I know Ginny played... Uh, she played Quidditch. Quidditch. For the... The Harpies? I think it was the Harpies. Yeah. So it's like they, they went on to do great things, but I, I think it's just, it'll be... I'd love to see like them have, be at war with like okay I used to be this really great champion for the wizarding world and now I just like I went to a de- like it's like you don't just like he kind of just like faded do you yeah like really that word faded into like either that or it's gonna be well I saved us all from the dark lord and you want me to open a jar <laughs> I, mean, I mean it would be funny to explore like what if Harry got a little arrogant and it's like old age like I am you know the chosen one and I will not empty the cat litter box because I saved the world like Albus is just like over his dad like God dad like oh my gosh. <laughs> Harry Potter dad jokes. I really hope that you can, like, do us all a favor, J.K. Rowling, and make sure that dad jokes happen. Harry Potter dad jokes. Well, I mean, could you see it? I mean, he kills the Dark Lord. Now he's an Auror. Okay, now what? You want me to go out and catch a petty criminal? And Yeah, know, like, what? it's like, you know, how, how challenging is this? It's yeah, like, I mean, that's, yeah, that's true. Because, <laughs> you know, like, there would still be Dark Wizards, but once you get rid of... Hadhajo. Yeah, like what? <laughs> or it could be this sets up the arc for the new. Obviously, evil exists. Evil exists in the world. If Voldemort could do it. Also, do you guys say Voldemort or Voldemort? Voldemort. Because I heard that that's how you're supposed to it say is supposed it. Supposed to be Voldemort. T is silent. French. That. Yeah. You know that in the French version, Voldemort's middle name is Elvis. Is it really? Oh, just say like, the like, word. Um, so, like it's that's how they had to. That is amazing. That's the best. <laughs> I was like, I saw that. Again, thank you, Tumblr, for continuing to be awesome. But I saw that. And also, I, I read that in um, French, wand is like baguette. Yes. So, like, and now I'm just imagining them throwing baguettes. I know. Like, the baguette chooses the wizard. I thought I could have it. It's trying to kill me with bread. <laughs> it's not very My wand fell, fell apart. I got too flaky. Not... Yeah, not very effective, I don't think. So, I, I, get, I think it, I would be, I'm, I'm extremely excited. I think there will come a point with Harry Potter that I, like, it has, like, we ha- I want it to kind of, like, there has to be a point where it's, like, this is the beginning and this is the end. Right. I don't want it to get too big, and then it's, like, what, like, you know, it gets, like, so out of hand, and I, I don't know. I don't know no, I know what you mean. mean. But then again, I'm, at the same time, anything, something new comes out, or there's some article that is on Pottermore, like, eat it up like crazy. Sure. So... Well, little things like that I think are okay. Like little, like tidbits and like little bits of background. Like the Fantastical Beasts. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait for that movie. I think JK would have to essentially be like, okay, everyone, we are now at the end. This is the last piece of like thing. This is the last thing I'm going to do. Right. Because I have billions of dollars and I'm good now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm done. I'm done. Frankly, I have too much money, so I'm going to quit here. And I'm still going to get more money just by sitting here doing nothing, so. so. I don't know. I think that I just, it's almost it's so wonderful and it's so magical that I don't want it. To, I don't ever want it to be tarnished. Like I think it needs to like have like this beautiful. Yeah, I agree. Thing. You don't want it to jump the shark. Yeah, you know everything has a like Buffy the Vampire Slayer ended beautifully. <laughs> I, I find a way to bring Buffy up in every podcast we're ever gonna do. So, so you're aware. It's cool. It's magic. I uh, love magic. It's okay. I wish magic was real. Right? Who says it's not? 
have you guys, speaking of the genre, obviously Harry Potter opened the door for so much, just not even in fiction and TV and movies. Do you have, like, a favorite, like, Harry Potter, like, TV series book? Like, what would you say, like, you read next or you watch next to, like, help you get over the Harry Potter hangover? I don't know. I feel like Harry's a thing on, of its own. Yeah. Yeah. I can't really compare it. It's... It's its own entity. I'm trying. I think the Lunar Chronicles was the next, the next book series that I read that I was like, okay. And there's not many books not that you can say either. that about. Yeah, that's true. It makes me sad thinking about it. Maybe like the Game of Thrones, just because it still is sort of like that magical world. And yeah, I never read the books. I got hooked They're into long. the series, so yeah. I. I mean, I watched the HBO. I right. watched. I watched the Cleveland Cavaliers win a championship, and then watched Game of Thrones. So really. Sure. So much hype. I'm so tired today, but I, I think it's just I, I wonder how much I don't even know if she like even knows. Does JK Rowling even know what she's done? Like she's given us so much that to be thankful for outside of just this book series, which is so funny. It's about a little boy who is under the stairs. stairs and then <laughs> Well that's why the to me the first book is so magical. Even the first movie. You go back and you see see all these kids. They're little kids, mm-hmm. you know, and, and he's all in awe and wonder of, of magic. And then you get, she unfolds about Quidditch. You get to learn a whole new language almost with regards to her magical world. And it's just, it's one that's easily relatable. You don't have to go and step and say, okay, well, wait a minute, you know. Yeah, like Quidditch makes sense. I yeah. mean, like, <laughs> no sense. Quidditch like, does not make sense. It's an entire game, and then someone gets a tiny little gold ball, and they win. But I, I mean, it makes sense <laughs> in, the, in the idea that it's relatable to other sports, sports games. And I could agree. Right, yeah. And it's become like accepted for me. Like if someone was like, "So what's Quidditch?" I'd be like, "All right, listen, sit down. Let me explain." There's a boulder. Yeah, and it's a thing too. There are actual Quidditch games and teams. Yes, it, like on college campuses. Yes. That play Quidditch. I watched this whole documentary about it. It was fascinating. Oh I mean, gosh. it's. I, want, I need to know about this documentary. I will try and remember the name, but like, it's legit. They play Quidditch, and there is somebody who I think is the seeker and runs all around, and they have to like, or is the um, snitch is the snitch. Thank you. Somebody oh my is the snitch. Yes. <laughs> Could you imagine like meeting someone and have to like high. run around, and they have to the seeker has to get. Like, they have, like, a ball or something attached to their thing. I don't remember. But it's, it's a whole thing. It's that makes thing. me so happy, honestly. <laughs> and also, I'm just really excited about modern science because someone's going to make, an like, an automated broomstick that flies. And it's really just going to lend itself to. Sure. Um, it's called Mudbloods. Maybe not the best name, but... <laughs> you should really have thought that up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think I sort of get it. You know, like, you're sort of a muggle with magical... I, whatever. But it's a... Still derogatory term. I agree, but the <laughs> documentary is called Mudbloods, and it's I'm in, all about. I'm Quidditch. gonna watch that. I can't. And that's that's the great thing. Like I said earlier, it just it keeps just growing. There's just so much. To, I mean, I've been to the Harry Potter World in Universal Studios, and I freaked out. And I was I'm, I'm grown up. I like shoved children out of my way. Like I was like so Agreed, excited. Yeah. I got a. I went my to one. one shop. I watched. <laughs> it's 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 just it's so amazing that we have so many, and it's so amazing that it's it's a book. You know, that it's a book that did this for everyone, and it, that in itself is such a great thing. And I get so upset, you know, that there are schools that want to deny children the chance to read it because of the presence of the magic. And it's just like, no, I mean, it's as much of it, as much as it is about magic, it's a lot about growing up. And I don't think right. kids should be denied. 
And it's such a well-written book about growing up. Like, just knock it off, everyone. Let the kids read what they want. They're reading. Yay. Yay. Yeah, they're reading. <laughs> Come on. Have people like me that have Harry Potter clubs in the high school. And and it was fantastic. We even brought them up here to Cleveland last year to see that potted Potter. Potted Potter. And the two guys come out and they do the entire series. Oh yes, of the Harry Potter. It was hysterical. The kids loved it, and some of our kids would never have seen a live performance like that. So even though it was just a two-man show, they got to see a live stage performance where they would never have been able to do something like that. Well, I think that is one of the really amazing things is that it inspires so many other people to be creative and do things whether like you know, they, they all sort of take their Harry Potter in their own kind of world and their way but not a lot of other books or you know cultural icons have done that to quite the same no, I, level I don't think I mean I, I hope for it but I don't think anything will I don't think so I don't there's nothing like Harry Potter like, I know that there's the Lord of the Rings, and that was such a great sprawling series, and it's touched people in so many ways, but, like, Harry Potter is a generational thing as much as it's it's changed children's life, and, I, and not generational in that it's, like, it's for all ages, but I think it's, like, we were born in a time when Harry Potter, and I think that's going to be such a cool thing to be, like, I remember when it came out, I was a young kid, and I'll have children, and I'll read it to them, and it's, like, it's just going to keep continuing. It's, mm-hmm. it's it's a classic. It's already a classic, and it's going to definitely stay a classic. But they will have to wait for the next book, like, we have to wait. Well, we don't well, know. Hope on Cursed Child. Maybe he'll we'll just keep, as much as I don't want it to, maybe we'll just keep getting a new book series, like, every ten years. Well, I mean, at least now we have to wait, like, a month for the Cursed Child script, so it's kind of like that feeling again of like wanting to know and now, are they releasing it as a script like a play yeah play like yeah okay. overdrive's going to have it we have it available for pre-order <gasps> <Yes>. <laughs> oh no i'm I already told adam i'm like you should realize that like every like that day we're all gonna be like <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's, 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 it's a bit of we work for you know we work for an evo company so obviously it's like oh, you, you must read a lot and i'm like yes <laughs> Yes, I do. It's part of my job. Yeah. It's part of my job description, and it's such a wonderful thing. And Overdrive, sorry if we're all reading at our desk. You just have to think they're doing their job so that we can discuss it with our partners. It's true. It's true. If you want to give us the day off to really, like, really sit down and read it, I would fully, you know, commit well, that to is, that. Yeah, yeah we'll fine. be like, it's a Harry Potter birthday party. We're just going to stay at home. Yeah. <laughs> Can't come in today because I'm sick. Said everyone. <laughs> Office, it's a holiday. It's Harry Potter's birthday. We could like assign roles and we could act it out. Oh, yes. Oh my, that would be fun. Oh my god, can I be Albus, please? I'll be the most. Broody, I would be the most broody eleven-year-old boy you've ever heard. I can really. So we will assign roles. We could do that for the Halloween party. <laughs> we could. Do a skit. We'll do a skit. It's so far away, Sheila. It's October. Okay. Yes, but we gotta read the book. We gotta learn the characters. And rehearse. You're right. You're right. And rehearse. Right. You know, you gotta make sure you do Costumes. it right. You're right. Okay. Oh, I already have my robe. So we're good. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I, I have glasses and like a scarf, but I don't have a robe. I'll be Draco because I know Draco and Scorpius so are in it. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't be Albus. Maybe that's committing too much. It's putting too much pressure on myself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's probably... you can't handle the stress already. Oh my gosh, I don't know how you roll. No, I guess I just I I can't wait. I can't wait to see how it affects my children's lives. My, I have no children yet, but one day I will, and I can't wait to see how. They, I mean, I think that'll be so magical. Like, you know, Sheila, you got to see that, like seeing a kid discover it for the first time, and 
know, to talk about it with them and how it affected them. And I, I think it, I think it can exist throughout time because it, it it was written in a time before we had technology and. But I mean, when you read Harry Potter, I don't know if you guys felt like this. Were you surprised to find out that it took place in the nineties? Yes. Yes. Because I didn't think about it while I read. I guess I never because it's. In this magical realm, I guess I never thought, like, why isn't Harry I mean, they do write with quills. Ron, so. They do. Well, I think part of it is that it took so long from, like, book one to the seventh book. Like, so you think, like, in real time and not, this is just seven years, like, right. in their lives in the 90s. You just sort of, it's hard to not attach your current worldview, you know. And I think she did a really wonderful job of, like, stripping time elements mm-hmm. out of the story. That like I didn't feel like I had to connect to anything to know when it was. I never actually thought about when it was. It was just like I accepted it, like yeah. it was occurring. Yeah. I don't think it came out until I realized it said like twelve year or whatever X amount of years later, and it was like 2015. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. That's probably when I realized it took place in the 90s. Don't we find? And I might be wrong, but don't we find out when it occurred by Lily and James's gravestones? I think oh, so. Possibly. Is that the first time? That might be. Might have been. That sounds about right. Well, I don't so then we were doing the math, and I was like, that's... Professor Lupin. That's right. the one I love. I love oh, Professor Lupin. Lupin. Oh. I love him in the movie, and I love him in the book. There's another one of those Tumblr posts that made me cry, like, when Harry calls Professor Lupin, he's like, you could have been, you know, Uncle Remus. Or Uncle Mooney. And he's, <laughs> he's Professor Lupin. Yeah. Well, I think that... That's important to note that I think he committed to being what Harry needed, not mm-hmm. maybe what he wanted. Right. Even though he might have wanted to be the uncle figure, which is where Sirius, I think, kind of stepped in. Um, do you ever see the Tumblr post? Sorry, again, we're talking about Tumblr, but do you know like how they got their names? It's like, so, um, Mooney, Padfoot, Prongs, and um, Wormtail. And they're like, mm-hmm. you're Mooney because you're so mysterious and you like run by the night. And <laughs> you're Prongs because you're strong and you lead us. And, and you're Padfoot because you're quiet. And you're Wormtail because you bring us snacks. Like, <laughs> it's really funny. It's just like, you know, they, you know, it's just. Maybe if they had given him a better nickname. Without a charge. Do you think so? Just a nickname. His decoration. They were based on their Patronuses. Right, but I think it's like, it's funny that, like, if you, the Tumblr post was saying, like, how they were deciding how to name them, like, oh, why they picked right. what they did, like... And you bring us food. And you so. bring us food or something. <laughs> Fun for, yeah. Again, hy- hypothesis. But, I mean, look what's in our vocabulary. We know what a horcrux is. We know what patronuses are. I mean, there's so many words. Muggles, okay? <laughs> you go around somebody and they don't understand you, you just look at your... Whoever's with you, you say... Just, you know, they don't get it. And no matter what it is, whether, you know, you have to be talking about Harry Potter, you can just be doing something and they're, they're not getting what you're talking about. Yeah. I feel like even if you didn't read it or be fully immersed into the story, as a lot of people are, you still it's become part of our history, even if you didn't choose to be a part of it. If you understand what it is. Right. You will accept these terms, <laughs> whether you like it or not, because 90% of the population of the world does. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think it's it's funny because well, I'll like yeah. <laughs> I'll see people out with some kind of Deathly Hollow symbol, whether it's like a bumper sticker on their car or like a piece of jewelry or keychain or a pin or whatever, and it it it's so like it's it's life imitating art because that's always you know that's what like Luna's dad said like they they wear this to identify themselves among other people the believers of of what they represent and so it's always that moment where you're like I 
that is. <laughs> and I think it's it's just it's it, it's not limited to anyone. I mean, my sister had a Harry Potter bridal shower. Like, mm-hmm. there's just so much. There's no shame in Harry Potter. No shame at all. Not that there's shame in any sort of story, but I feel like it's just it's 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 this magical thing that exists outside of shame, and I just love it. Judgment. Yeah. It's good. I think. Thank you for joining us. It's a good place to wrap up, I think. No shame on Harry Potter. Look at you. Look at you. Well done. Thanks for calling me. (laughs) So thank you for coming on the podcast and talking some Harry Potter. Love to have you both back, all of you back again on a future episode. Um, So, yeah, we have Chris Child available for pre-order for all of our library partners. And um, for everyone else, happy reading. Bye. Bye. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... Then, there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.